You're listening to Grounded, a podcast by the Oregon Department of Energy. Hello, and welcome back to Grounded. I'm joined today by a special guest. Hi, my name is Carolina Ireta Gonzalez, and I'm the community energy advocate with Verde. Carolina is here to talk about Living Cully, a collaboration of community partners and residents using sustainability as an anti-poverty strategy in their Northeast Portland neighborhood. Earlier this year, Living Cully released its neighborhood-level community energy plan. Carolina is here to tell us more. So let's start with Verde. Tell me about that organization. Verde was founded in, I believe it was 2008, here in the Cully neighborhood. And our mission is to build environmental wealth through outreach, advocacy, and social enterprise. I like to tell people that, for me, the work here at Verde is really centered around environmental justice and economic development, working on projects that build environmental infrastructure here in the neighborhood and really engage community members around those projects. And did you say environmental wealth? Yes. That's an interesting term. I don't think I've heard that before. I haven't heard that term too many times either, like other than being here at Verde. That's a good explanation though. I mean, uh, having a healthy environment can lead to a healthier economy and healthier neighborhood. I mean, they're all linked together. Environmental wealth is, is really important because the Cully neighborhood wasn't annexed by the city of Portland until the mid 80s. So this meant that the neighborhood had more of a rural feel to it in that there are, you know, for a long time there's been no sidewalks, streets haven't been paved, and it's also been a green space and park deficient neighborhood. For Living Cully, it's important to begin to develop the neighborhood, build the environmental infrastructure that is required for Cully to be a safe, comfortable, livable neighborhood, and at the same time, ensure that people who are here aren't displaced with those investments. Let's talk about that community a little bit. Who who lives here? So Cully is located in Northeast Portland. It's home to about 14,000 residents. It's one of Portland's most diverse neighborhoods. It's home to a lot of immigrant and refugee families. About 17% of households are below the federal poverty line. There's a lot of working class families here in the neighborhood. The neighborhood is also pretty mixed when it comes to renters and homeowners. So we have a lot of renters here in the Cully neighborhood. We also have a high percentage of mobile home residents here in Cully. So Cully is home to six mobile home parks. About 10% of our residents live in a manufactured home or an RV. And so as you can kind of tell, like Cully is a pretty diverse neighborhood. It has a lot of families that are experiencing poverty here. It's also a very engaged community. So we have a lot of community residents that are engaged in various community committees or community groups and are really interested in addressing the community's needs and finding solutions to uh, some of the problems that we see here in the neighborhood. One of those solutions is this community group, Living Cully. Can you tell me about Living Cully and how Verde's work joins with them? As we know, the city of Portland is seen as this model city for sustainability and environmental investments. Uh, Yet, like a lot of those sustainability initiatives, environmental infrastructure investments 
aren't distributed in an equitable manner throughout the city, and so not all communities get to benefit from them. In 2012, four of the nonprofits that were operating here in the Cully neighborhood, Verde, Hacienda CDC, the Native American Youth and Family Center, and Habitat for Humanity, came together to form the Living Cully Collaborative. So the Living Cully partners believe that sustainability can be reinterpreted as an anti-poverty strategy, meaning that together the four nonprofits leverage their resources to develop sustainability initiatives, to develop environmental infrastructure, and at the same time address the community's needs in employment, in housing, in educational opportunities, in health, and other disparities that the community might be facing. This might look like, for example, the advocacy and development of a brownfield here in the neighborhood into a park and ensuring that community members get to actually participate in the design of the park and providing educational opportunities for young people to work with the architects to actually influence the design of the park and then supporting minority and women-owned businesses and social enterprise businesses and local hire in the actual construction of that park. There's a group within Cully called Let Us Build Cully Park. Is that part of the Living Cully group? And what what's the status of that project? Yes, yeah, so Let Us Build Cully Park was the campaign to be able to actually develop the park here in the neighborhood. Verde and Living Cully entered into um, a special partnership with the city of Portland to be able to lead that project. And we're close, actually at the end of this month, at finishing phase one of the park. So that includes a playground and a youth soccer field and this really cool feature called the Native American Gathering Garden. All of that will be complete and open to the public by the end of the month. All right, let's talk about Living Cully's community energy plan. So I mentioned that the Living Cully partners believe that sustainability can be reinterpreted as an anti-poverty strategy. Um, and that's the theory of change that we work with. And so the Living Cully Energy Plan is our opportunity to adapt that theory of change to the energy sector. So the idea is how do we use energy as an opportunity to alleviate par- poverty here in the neighborhood and address the various challenges that community members face here in Cully. Can you talk about some of those challenges? Yes. Obviously, uh, I think some of the biggest challenges are around housing, so finding affordable housing here in the neighborhood, keeping their, you know, keeping warm in the winter. Uh, so we have a lot of homes that are in need of energy efficiency upgrades, weatherization upgrades. Um, and so in the winter, you know, when it gets really cold here in Portland, families struggle being able to pay their electricity bills and maintaining a warm home. We're also, you know, our community residents are really engaged and really interested in helping lead the changes here in the neighborhood. So I think finding opportunities for community residents to be involved that are accessible to them, that are culturally specific, because we do have a lot of immigrant families, a lot of refugee families, a lot of working parents, and so just trying to identify ways that community members are able to be involved without putting more barriers for for their involvement. And I think one of the things that you did to get folks involved is 
uh, you completed a survey of the neighborhood where you asked yes. them about some of their energy needs and energy habits. Can you tell me a little about that? Yes. During the summer of 2017, we completed a community survey to gauge the knowledge that community residents have around energy, some of the perceptions that community members have in relation to energy. And the way we administered the survey was we actually went to community meetings where where community members were already gathered and did a, just like a popcorn style survey where we'd go up in front of the meeting and do a brief intro into energy and then do a series of questions and ask community members to either raise their hands or to provide answers on on their thoughts of energy. And, And the questions were pretty simple. So we asked questions in relation to, you know, how do you conserve energy in your home? And residents gave, you know, a varied set of answers. Um, Everything from just behavior specific, turning off the lights or or making sure to turn off appliances and unplug appliances to adopting energy efficiency technology such as LED light bulbs or upgrading to some type of energy efficient heat pump or heat source. And so what we found is that community members are pretty knowledgeable on how to conserve energy. We also asked community members how interested they would be in accessing solar energy if it didn't require a huge monetary investment. And the majority of people were very interested in getting their energy from solar. All right, so can you describe the plan itself? The Living Kelly Community Energy Plan is a neighborhood scale energy plan that identifies energy conservation and energy generation pilots for the Cully neighborhood. It's really focused on serving the low-income residents here in Cully. And one of the reasons we decided to develop a neighborhood-scale energy plan um, and begin to engage our residents around what type of energy projects they want to see, you know, what type of benefits they want to see with those energy pilots, is that we're aware that the that there's a coming wave in the energy sector. So I think solar will become more accessible. There's there's more investments in energy efficiency technology. And we want to make sure that communities like Cully are not left out of that emerging energy sector. And we also want to make sure that they actually benefit, not just in being able to access this tech, this new technology, but also in ensuring that they benefit by being able to address various community needs through these technologies. And I think a lot of people, like it's it's hard for a lot of people to imagine how does energy investments really support anti-poverty? How can we center that priority? And so we wanted to create a plan that demonstrated that you could move forward with energy development and at the same time address, for example, anti-displacement, address poverty, address the lack of education and job opportunities in a neighborhood, and really underscore that when we're thinking about energy investments, energy development, the emerging energy sector, that it's important to work at this intersection of, you know, emerging technologies and poverty. And how do you really address both and make sure that we get to outcomes where everyone can benefit? 
Can you walk me through some of the specific goals or milestones that are included in your plan? So something that was very important for us in the Living Kelly Community Energy Plan is to ensure that it had a strong alignment with our anti-displacement work. So we know that here in the city of Portland and nationally there is a housing crisis and affordable housing, you know, there there isn't enough affordable housing to meet the needs. And we also know that low-income households here in Portland are being displaced to the peripheries of the city as the city continues to develop. And so we wanted to ensure that any energy investment that we advocated for had a strong anti-displacement focus and didn't add to people being priced out of the neighborhood. So all of the pilots that we were looking for how to address this anti-displacement component and align with our strategies around housing and and supporting people's ability to live here in the neighborhood. So we chose six pilots to try to implement during the next two years here in Cully. Can you walk me quickly through those six pilots? What do those look like? We have four pilots that we would like to implement this year and then two pilots for next year. The first pilot is a ductless heat pump co-op. So, you know, there's a lot of excitement right now around ductless heat pumps. They tend to be cheaper than other heating source upgrades and uh, they do help cut energy bills and electricity bills down quite a bit. We have a lot of low-income families that are slightly above the income requirements to receive weatherization services through the city or the county. So they still need support in being able to access technologies such as ductless heat pumps, uh, but don't qualify for any type of weatherization service. Um, so the idea of the ductless heat pump is to support these households, these low-income households, access ductless heat pumps by aggregating their purchasing power and forming a co-op. We would like to work with the Energy Trust of Oregon to support this project. The The model that we want to advocate for this time is identifying families that are higher income that would also like to purchase ductless heat pumps. ETO, the Energy Trust of Oregon, it has an incentive that it provides families that get ductless heat pumps. So the idea is that higher income families would donate this incentive to lower income families, thus doubling the incentive available for low-income families to access ductless heat pumps. What a great idea. Yeah, it's a really, I mean, I'm hoping that we're able to implement it, but that's the model that we're moving forward. The next project is a solar photovoltaic installation on St. Charles Church. St. Charles Church is a community institution here in the Cully neighborhood. It greatly supports our community organizing in the neighborhood. It supports our mobile home organizing here in Cully. And it also houses a food bank, which provides a lot of support to low-income families here in the neighborhood. And so we're working to develop a solar array on top of the church that would offset the majority of the church's electricity use. We're also looking to install battery storage on the church, which would make this the first energy resilient building in the neighborhood, which would greatly support community members. You know, if there was ever a disaster, community members would be better able to organize and respond if they have access to electricity. 
It's kind of like creating a, a microgrid in the, yes. in the neighborhood. Great. Yes. So we're really excited about that project. We're also looking at developing solar and possibly storage at one of the mobile home parks here in the neighborhood. One of the mobile home parks, the Oak Leaf uh, Mobile Home Park, is currently owned by St. Vincent de Paul, and they're looking to completely redevelop the site with new uh, high energy efficiency mobile homes and a community building for the residents. And like I said, we have six mobile home parks here in the Cully neighborhood. And so we're currently funding a solar and feasibility study to see how solar and storage added during this redevelopment can support the mobile home residents' needs and hopefully create a model that can then be replicated at the other mobile home parks. Another pilot that we've identified is our energy education campaign. So we're looking to engage residents around energy education. When we did our community surveys and focus groups, uh, community community members were really interested in more energy education and more weatherization education. Uh, So we're looking to work with the Community Energy Project, which is an awesome nonprofit here in Portland, to train some of our community members to lead weatherization workshops for this winter. We're also developing a solar youth curriculum that will be implemented this fall. Um, It's a specifically a culturally specific solar youth curriculum that really uh, engages youth that are renting, that are renters here in the in the neighborhood. And we're also beginning to engage community members around the Portland Clean Energy Fund and building our grassroots power to develop ballot initiatives that address energy and climate change. So those are four of our pilots for this year. The two pilots for next year are the redevelopment of the Living Cully Plaza, which will add around 130 affordable housing units to the neighborhood um, and identifying energy features for that redevelopment and hopefully developing a Cully-based community solar project. That's yes. a lot to do in a couple of years, but I think, yes. I think you're up to the task. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, definitely it's keeping us very busy, but we're moving everything forward. We've been able to access some initial funds for the St. Charles project and for the solar and storage feasibility study at the Oak Leaf Mobile Home Park. We're also already developing our solar youth curriculum and organizing around the Portland Clean Energy Fund. So something that we that I found to be really eye-opening during the research and development of the energy plan is the electricity burden that a lot of our households are facing. So we took data from the American Community Survey and found that in general, all Portland households pay about 1.6% of their annual household income to electricity bills. And here in Cully, about 2.6% of household income for all households goes to electricity. And then when you look at just low-income families across the city of Portland, about 3.6% of annual household income goes to electricity bills. So that's twice as much as what all households are paying here in the city of Portland. But that data came from the American Community Survey. And when we actually did our our own surveys with community members and focus groups with community members and just doing interviews and asking uh, residents about their experiences with energy 
bills and electricity bills, what we found is that the electricity burden is actually a lot higher. And so we have a lot of house, a lot of low-income households in the neighborhood that are paying, especially during the winter, electricity bills that go up into the high, into the hundreds. So we're looking at people at households that are making less than 30000 a year and paying like two hundred dollars a month just to heat their heat their homes in the winter two hundred dollars oh like crazy we have a family um so people are really excited about the ductless heat pumps because you know people just want to figure out how to heat their homes in the winter and keep it and keep the cost low but we have a household that lives in one of the mobile home parks and it's a family of four so both parents work uh, and they make about sixty thousand a year um, and that's too much to qualify for for any of the weatherization services. But sixty thousand dollars isn't isn't enough to really to live completely comfortably, right? And so they really want to um, be able to access a ductless heat pump because during the winters their electricity bills are around four hundred dollars a month. Yes, because they're living in a mobile home, and so a lot of these a lot of these homes just they just you know don't have enough insulation and enough weatherization, so it just leaks the heat that is being produced within the home right it's this combo that you're living in a home that's not very efficient so you have to use more electricity to heat it but then your income just can't quite cover it easily yeah it's so so that's been really eye-opening to me is just how much people do struggle during the winters to heat their homes and then how much they're paying in electricity costs and something that i you know found out recently is that paying electricity bills is one of the number one reasons why people get payday loans here in the here in the U.S. and so I think it just really speaks to the struggle that low-income folks have in in paying for their electricity. In addition to the community energy plan, what's on the horizon for Living Cully? So one of the initiatives that we are very excited about at this moment is the Portland Clean Energy Fund. Verde is one of the leading one of the nonprofits leading this initiative along with other communities of color organizations. The Portland Clean Energy Fund would support weatherization projects, solar energy projects. It would support workforce development in the energy sector, job training, contracting, specifically focused on low-income communities and communities of color here in Portland. This initiative would create a 1% business license surcharge on retail businesses that make over a billion dollars nationally and $500,000 locally. So these are really big corporations that are operating here in Portland. And this would then create a funding mechanism to actually build energy projects here in Portland. And we're really excited because, you know, one of the challenges, we've developed this community energy plan. And of course, one of the challenges is now finding the money to actually be able to develop these projects. And so the Portland Clean Energy Fund would support not just Cully, but all of the neighborhoods to really invest in clean energy and decrease our reliance on fossil fuels. If somebody wants to learn more about Living Cully or the Community Energy Plan, where do they go to find that info? To learn more about Living Cully, you would visit our website at livingcully.org. The benefits from investing in sustainable energy and environmental health should be accessible to everyone, regardless of income or background. 
and Living Cully is showing us how it's done. Find resources and see photos on our blog, energyinfo.oregon.gov. Learn more about Living Cully and its community energy plan on their website, livingcully.org. All episodes of Grounded are available on soundcloud.com slash oregonenergy. Subscribe to Grounded on your favorite podcast app, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Are you working on a cool Oregon energy project that could be featured on our podcast? Send us an email at askenergy at oregon.gov. As always, thanks for listening to Grounded, a podcast by the Oregon Department of Energy.